Good morning. I mean, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi there, and welcome to Lazar's Library. Um, in this episode, it's going to be uh, a very, very big series with 200 books, and it's called The Babysitter's Club. Today, I'm going to read the 20th book, so have fun and enjoy. This episode is starting now. I I just wanted to be clear of that, but it's sort of obvious. Um, this is called Christy and the Walking Disaster. It is the 20th book of The Babysitter's Club. This book is for the members of the lunch club. Hmm, wonder what that means. Obviously, we're not going to find out, but... Chapter 1. We're here! We're here! The front door of my house burst open, and it barged Karen and Andrew. Karen and Andrew are my stepsister and stepbrother. Karen is six, and Andrew is four, and Karen was the one yelling. Andrew is sort of quiet and shy. In fact, he's very quiet and shy. He's the opposite of Karen. It's hard to believe they're brother and sister. Hi, you guys, I called. I was on the upstairs landing, looking down. I ran to greet them. I'm so glad you're here early. I'm glad your mom had to go out. Me too, exclaimed Karen. She slung her knapsack on the floor. Andrew put his down more gently. Me too, he whispered. I hugged and Karen, Karen and Andrew, and then Karen ran off to check on things. Her room, Shannon, our puppy, and Boo Boo, our cat. Andrew glanced at me and said, maybe David Michael wants to play catch. He looked terribly hopeful. He might, I said. He's out in the backyard. Why don't you go see? Are you confused yet? I'll stop here so I can introduce myself and explain who all these people are. My name is Christy Thomas. I'm 13 and in eighth grade. One of the most important things to know about me is that I'm the president, founder, and creator of a business called The Babysitter's Club. David Michael is my brother. He's seven. I have two older brothers. They're in high school. Sam is 15 and Charlie is 17. Up until not long ago, my three brothers and I lived with our mother and in a small house across town here in Stony Brook, Connecticut. Our parents are divorced. Then my mom met this guy, Watson Brewer, a divorced millionaire. Practically before we knew it, she had married him, and he had moved us into this house, which is a mansion. Karen and Andrew are Watson's children. They will live with us every other weekend for two weeks during the summer. The rest of the time, they live with their mother and stepfather. To be honest, I didn't like watching much at first. Oh, all right, I hated him. I didn't want to do anything with him, even though he likes baseball as much as I do. 
I even refused to meet his kids. You know what brought us together? The Beepsters Club. Once in an emergency, I got us a job sitting for Karen and Andrew. By the time the job was over, I thought they were the greatest kids in the world. Now I am so, so glad they're my steps. It was Friday afternoon, almost five o'clock. Mom and Watson were both at work. Sam was doing his homework. He likes to get it out of the way on Fridays so he can turn into a couch potato for the rest of the weekend. Charlie was out, but I was waiting for him to come home. Three times a week, he drives me from meetings of the Baby Throat Club, which are held from 5.30 until 6 o'clock in my old neighborhood on the other side of Stony Brook. I decided I better go check on the little kids. I never know what Karen and Andrew might be up to. She's not naughty, but she's fearless and has a wild imagination. Watson calls it fertile, I guess meaning that any idea could grow there. Trying to keep track of all the people, not to mention animals, in my house is not easy, especially when Karen and Andrew are over. Can you believe that my mom has been taking out has been talking about wanting another kid. I can't. I love children, but there's plenty of confusion at our house as it is. Besides, my mother is at least 37. I found Karen, Andrew, and David Michael in the backyard. They were trying to play three-man softball. This is so dumb, David Michael was saying. He was only saying that because he had just missed the ball. David Michael, I said, watch the ball when it's being pitched. Don't look at your bat. I know you want to connect the two of them, but believe me, you won't hit the ball if you don't look at it. Karen pitched the ball again, and David Michael watched it like a hawk. He swung, cracked the ball, sailed across the yard. All right, home run, I yelled. I just love sports. Boy, thanks, Christy, exclaimed my brother. That was a good tip. I sure wish I could play softball or baseball on a re-drill team with a coach and everything. Me too, said Karen and Andrew. Hey, Christy, someone yelled. Coming, I shouted back. It was Charlie. He was home and ready to drive me to my club meeting. I gotta go, you guys. Behave yourself, okay? Sam's home and Mom and Watson will be here soon. We'll talk about softball later. I ran to our front drive and jumped into the car next to Charlie. Ready to go visit your little friends, he teased me. I scowled. They're not little friends, and Charlie knows it. They are Claudia Kishi, Marianne Spear, Don Schaefer, Mallory Pike, and Jesse Ramsey. And they're all different and special. And none of them is little. Claudia, Marianne, and Don are 13 like me. Jesse and Mal are 11 and in sixth grade. I used to live next door to Marianne. 
She's also my best friend. And across the street from Claudia, us 13-year-olds are in eighth graders in Stony Brook Middle School. Most of the kids in my new neighborhood go to private school. Mom let my brothers and me stay in our regular public schools. Mary Ann Spear is the most sensitive person I know. Sometimes she's too sensitive. She'll cry over the slightest thing. And she's shy and quiet like Andrew. But once she's your friend, you've got a friend for life. She's very loyal. Maybe that's part of the reason Marianne was the first one of us to have a steady boyfriend. His name is Logan Bruno. Marianne lives with her dad and her kitten, Tigger. Her mom died a long time ago, so, so long ago that Marianne doesn't even remember her. Even though I have a big mouth and I'm far from shy, I Mary, Mary Ann and I are alike in some ways. For one thing, we look alike. We both have brown eyes and brown hair and are short. I'm the shortest kid in our grade, believe it or not, and Mary Ann has grown slightly. For another thing, we don't care much about clothes. Truthfully, I don't care a thing about clothes. My Friends tease me because I always wear a turtleneck, jeans, a sweater, and sneakers. Well, not in the summer, of course. And Marianne used to have wear this babyish stuff that her father picked out for her. But now she's not. He's not so strict and lets Marianne choose her own clothes. So Marianne's more interested in what she wears. Boy, Marianne and I are different from Claudia Kishi. She is super sophisticated and totally great looking. She's Japanese American and gorgeous with long, 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 silky, jet black hair, dark almond shaped eyes, and a complexion that's to die for. She's funny and talented. You should see her artwork. And she's practically has boys drooling over her, but she doesn't have a steady boyfriend like Marianne does. One thing about Claudia that's problem is that she's a terrible student. To make this worse, her older sister Janine is a true genius. Janine is in high school, but she already takes college courses. Claudia and Janine live with their parents and their grandmother Mimi. Claudia's special likes are junk food, mysteries, especially Nancy Drew mysteries, and of course, her art. Our, her artistic flair runs over into her clothes. You should see how she dresses. Wild! Baggy jeans, skin-tight pants, mini skirts, odd layers of things, bright colors, and weird jewelry. Also, she fixes her hair differently every day. And she does things that, like paint her toenails with sparkles. Once she went to school with glitter in her hair. Don Schaefer, who is Marianne's other best friend, is originally from California. She and her mom and younger brother Jack moved here when us club members were halfway through seventh grade. They moved because her folks got divorced and Mrs. Schaefer had grown up here in Stony Brook.
A sad thing is that Jeff was so unhappy that not long ago, he moved back to California to live with his father. Now Don's family is divided in half. And separate, separated it by a con continent. In a way, this is like my own family since my dad took off for California years ago and I never see him, but I feel luckier than Don. I have a new family now. Don is really great, even though sometimes I'm a little jealous of her since she's so close to Marianne. But Don is independent. She does her own thing and couldn't care less what anyone else thinks. She's super origin, orig, organized, a health food nut, and has her own style of dress. I think it's, I think of it as California casual. Also, Dawn has the palest blue eyes and the longest, blondest hair I've ever seen. It's almost the color of milk. Now, about two younger members, Mallory Pike and Jesse Ramsey. They joined the club a while ago after one of our original members, Stacy McGill, had to move away. I'll tell you about more about Stacy later. I promise. Mal joined first. She's the oldest of the eight Pike kids. Our club sits for the Pikes a lot. Mallory had been a big help to us sitters now that she's eleven, and she. She's allowed to sit in afternoons and on weekends. She's great with kids. She's a patient and practical. She thinks her parents treat her like a baby, though. She desperately wants contacts instead of glasses, but she's getting braces instead. She wishes her hair were straighter. She wishes a lot of things. Mal loves reading, writing, poetry, and stories, drawing, and horses. Jessie, Jessica, Ramsey is Mal's friend. Her family moved to Stony Brook pretty recently, and both Jessie and Mal were in the market for a best friend. And when they found each other, pow, they have so much in common. They have the same interests, plus Jessie is a talented ballet dancer. They both think their parents treat them like babies, and they both come from really great families, although Jessie's is much smaller than Mal's. Apart from Jessie and her parents, there are just, just her eight-year-old sister, Becca, short for Rebecca, and her baby brother, Squirt, whose real name is John Philip Ramsey, Junior. Here, here's one of the big differences between Mal and Jesse. Mal is white and Jesse is black. That hasn't mattered to either of them. But being black in Stony Brook can be difficult. Let's just say that some people here didn't exactly make the Ramseys feel welcome at first. But things are improving. Jesse is adjusting and she's a great addition to our club. So. These complicated people are the little friends, Charlie mentioned. The more I thought about them, the more I looked forward to seeing them. 
I always look forward to club meetings. When Charlie pulled into Claudia Kishi's Claudia Kishi's driveway, our meetings are usually held in Claudia's room. I leaped out of the car. I couldn't wait to get get things started. Bye, Charlie. I called him. Thanks. See you in half an hour. Bye, kiddo. Have fun. Have fun? No problem. We always do. Chapter 2. Claude, is that you? I asked. Claudia's grandmother, Mimi, had let me in and told me to go up to Claudia's room. So I had. And now all I see was a pair of legs sticking out from behind an armchair. Yeah, it's me, said a muffled voice. What are you doing? I asked. Looking for my cheese doodles. I know they're around here somewhere. But I under this chair, I guess. Look what I did found though, that find, though. Claudia's legs disappeared. A hand clutched the back of the chair. Then she stood up. She was holding a paintbrush. I've been looking for this. I wonder how it got under the chair. But where are the cheese doodles? I giggled. Claudia is just like a squirrel. She hides food, then forgets where she hid it. I'll look under the bed for you. I volunteered. I flopped onto my stomach, scrunched underneath the bed, and poked around in the art supplies Claudia keeps keeps there. Jackpot! I exclaimed. Here are the cheese doodles and a whole pack of mini candy bars. Oh, goody! said Claude, even though our meetings are just held just before dinner. Claudia always provides us with snacks since we're starving by 5.30. Well, she provides most of us with snacks. Don won't touch most of Claude's junk food. Hi, you guys. Marianne came in just as I was calling out from under the bed. I brought Tigger over. I hope you don't mind. He needed a change of scenery. Marianne set her gray kitten on the floor. Tigger immediately found a piece of ribbon and began batting it around. Dawn and Mal showed him next, and Jessie appeared last. She usually does. She's very busy in the afternoons, between ballet classes and, study, and a steady sitting job. My friends were all crawling on the floor, playing with Tigger, so I called the meeting to order. Any club business? I said loudly. At the sound of my voice, everyone scrambled to their usual places. Claudia, Marianne, and Dawn's on the, Claudia's bed, and Mal and Jesse on the floor. I always sit in Claude's director's chair, and I wear a visor. I am the president, and I must look like I mean business. The treasury is getting low spoke up Don, our treasurer. But when I collect dues next week, I think we'll be okay. Maybe I better stop for a moment and tell you how our club runs. As I've said, I'm the president. This is because the idea for the club was mine. I got it way back in the beginning of seventh grade when my mom and I and my brothers and I were still having were still living next door to Marianne. Mom was just getting to know Watson then, 
Anyway, one evening, Mom realized she needed a sitter for tea with Michael. Sam and Charlie and I were going to be busy, so Mom had to find someone else. I watched her make call after call. As I was watching, it occurred to me that Mom should save herself a lot of time and she'd call one number and reach several servers at once. That was it! A brilliant idea! I did some babysitting in my neighborhood then, so did Mary Ann and Claudia. We decided to start a babysitter's club. We also decided we should have a fourth member. That was when Claudia introduced us to Stacy McGill, a new friend of hers who had moved to Stony Brook from New York City. Stacy has a lot of experience and was a terrific sitter too. The record book is crucial. That's a really good word, meaning very, very important to the running of our club. In it, Marianne keeps track of all her clients and their address and phone numbers. And on the appointment calendar, she schedules our sitting jobs. The treasurer also uses the record book, but I'll get to that in a minute. Marianne is a wonder. I don't think she's slipped up yet. None of us has ever been booked for two jobs at the same time or anything like that. Last but not least, we made Stacy Miguel our treasurer. That was her job to keep track of how much money each of us earns, just for our own information. To mark it down in the record book and to collect dues for a treasury. What do we use our treasury money for? Two main things. One, entertainment, such as club sleepovers and pizza parties. Two, found funds for supplying for our kit kits. The kit kits were my idea. I thought that it was a good way to entertain kids. We sit forward with a box of fun. So we each decorated a, a cardboard carton and filled with our games, books, and toys. And then we bought stuff like coloring books, activity books, and cranes. We take the kid kits in our sitting jobs so that we can play with not be bored. We usually you use the treasury money to replace things that we get used up. How did Don, Jesse, and Mal join the club? Well, Don joined not long ago after she moved here from California. She and Marianne became friends quickly. Our business was growing and we needed extra help. So Don became our alternate officer. That meant that she took, she could take over the duties of any other member if someone had to miss the meet. That didn't last long though. Unfortunately, Stacy had to move back to New York City. This was especially unfortunate since she and Claudia had become best friends. Now they miss each other. We needed a regular member to replace Stacy. My friends and I thought and thought. We liked Mallory Pike, we whom we knew is good to the kids, even though she's younger than the rest of us. But the problem was that her parents don't allow her to sit at night, except her own house. Finally, we took Mal and her friend Jessie. We figured that if they took over a lot of her afternoon jobs, the rest of us could handle night nighttime stuff. So far, it's working just fine. Jessie and Mal are juniors officers. There's one more thing I better tell you about. Our club notebook. Our club notebook is different from the record book. It's sort of a journal. We responsive for every single job we go on. 
Then, once a week, we're supposed to read about the jobs in the notebook. It's really helpful. <sighs> we can find out the kids we sit for having problems the rest of us should know about, or how one of the scissors handles sticky situations and other important things, like if any kids have food allergies or special fears. So my notebook was my idea, and I was, and it was a good one. I also know that most kids, other club members think writing it is a big bore. Well, too bad. Writing in the book is one of our few, is one of our few club rules. Okay, I said from the director's chair. The treasury is in good shape. Anything else? Oh, look at Tigger! Don said suddenly. Tigger was sitting in one of Claudia's shoes, which was pretty cute. But I was trying to conduct a meeting. Anything besides Tigger? I said sternly. Five heads snapped to attention, and just then we, the phone rang. I was nearest to it, so I answered it. Hello, Babysitters Club. Hi, Mrs. Brodowski. I heard Don groan, and I. Wave my hand to her and make her quiet down. Tuesday? I repeated. Okay, I'll get back to you. Yes, okay, bye. I hung up. Marianne had opened the record book to the appointment pages. This coming Tuesday, she asked. I nodded. Let's see. You're free, Christy, and so are you, Don. You can have the job, Christy, said Don quickly. I grinned wickedly. Is Jackie too much for you? I asked. No, not exactly. You know I like him. His brothers, too. It's just, you never know what's going to happen with the Radowskis. That's true. It's all because of Jackie. In the middle of the three Radowski boys, Shia is nine, Archie is four, and Jackie is seven. And a walking disaster. He's just totally accident-prone. And he doesn't have little accidents like skinned knees. No, he's more of a pep to lock himself in the bathroom and to get his hand caught down the drain of the tub. I could understand why Don preferred not to sit for him. Schedule me for Tuesday, told Marianne. Then I called Mrs. Radowski back to tell her that I was sitting. I had just hung up when the phone rang again. Then four more times. For quite a while, we all could do, we could do was schedule jobs, although Claudia managed to pass around the cheese doodles and the candy bars. And the meeting was almost over when Marianne suddenly, in a sort of strangled voice, uh, where's Tigger, you guys? We searched Claude's room from the top and the bottom. We found a bag of Doritos, a box of Malamores, some Gubby Bears, and a package of Twinkies. But no Tigger. Marianne was just beginning to get tearful when we heard someone say, Perhaps you are looking for this? Standing in Claude's doorway was her sister Janine, crate crattling Tigger. I found him sitting on my computer, she said. 
She was trying to look cross, but you could tell she wanted to smile. Marianne greeted Tigger as if she'd been missing, missing them for a year or so, and then the meeting ended. M Jackie Radowski. I thought as Charlie drove me home. Would my afternoon with the walking disaster be fun or, well, a disaster? Chapter 3. Hit it! Hit it! No, hit it! Oh, never mind, said Max Delaney crossly. Don't yell at me, retorted his sister. Anyway, you never hit the ball, Karen accused Max. Max stuck his tongue out at Karen, and Karen stuck hers out at Max. It was Saturday, the day after a club meeting, and it was a gorgeous afternoon. I was babysitting for Karen, Andrew, David, Michael. We were in the backyard, and a bunch of kids had come over to play softball, or try to play softball. Amanda and Max Delaney were there. Amanda's eight and Max is six. And Lenny and Hanny Papadakis had come over too. Lenny is David Michael's good friend and Hanny is one of Karen's best friends. The girls are in the same class at school. The kids had pretty pathetic game going. Most of them were old enough to be a little in Little League or to play T-ball, but I could see why they hadn't bothered, bothered to join the team. They all worked and worked and worked, and nothing happened. I had never seen so many kids play ball so hard with so few results. Hanny really couldn't hit it. She never connected with the ball. Max dropped or missed every ball he tried to catch. David Michael is simply a klutz. He tripped over his feet in the bat, even the ball. No matter how hard he concentrated, he somehow never did anything right, except pitch. Karen wasn't a bad hitter, and Andrew might have been if he weren't so little. But he's only four, so the balls went sailing over him left and right, when he stretched for them, Amanda and Lenny were no beggar better than the others. You guys, I said to the kids, come over here for a sec and let me help you get organized. I'll give you some pointers too, okay? I happen to like sports a lot. Karen, Andrew, and David, Michael, Hanny, Lenny, Max, and Amanda dropped their gloves, bats, and the ball. They gathered around me. First of all, I said, Henny, it helps to watch the ball when you're trying to hit it. Don't look away from it, even to look at your bat. <clears throat> yeah, said David Michael knowingly, as if I hadn't just told him the same thing the other day before. And Max, the trick for holding on to the ball after you catch is to close your glove around it right away. Otherwise, the ball will fall out. And keep your eye on the ball when you're trying to catch it, just like when you're trying to hit it. Don't look at your mitt or the batter. Got it? The kids nodded. Then Andrew said, what about me? Could I catch the, those balls if I were taller? I know you could, 
I replied, so let's work on your hitting and your pitching instead. The only way to make you taller is to give you stilts. Or else, hold up this game for a year or two while you grow. Andrew giggled. I divided the kids into scenes, the four younger kids versus the three older ones. Now, I cried, let's play ball. David Michael pitched to Hanny. Hanny swung her bat. She missed the ball by about two feet, three times. He pitched to Karen. Karen hit the ball. Smack, it sailed right to Amanda, who appeared to be looking at the ball until just before it reached her glove. Then she glanced at her glove to see how things were going. The ball flew over her head. Everyone groaned. And even Karen, who was running bases. I gathered the kids around me again. We're going to stop the game, I announced, and have a softball clinic instead. Clinic, repeated Amanda nervously. You mean like a hospital? No, no, I mean, when I work each one of you on your weak points, the stuff you need to help with, I'll be your coach and trainer. The kids looked excited. And David Michael said, if I were a little in little league, there'd be a coach to help me all the time. You should join, I told him. The rest of us too should too, or play t-ball. I can't, said Andrew. I'm not old enough. I can't either, said Karen and Andrew. Why not? I asked. Girls can play. He asked Andrew, but no one want me. Or me, said Henry. Or me, said Winnie, David, Michael, and Max. I don't want to join, announced Amanda. I don't like playing ball that much. Well, the rest of us do, said Hanny, who does not get along with Amanda and probably never will. We want to be on a team, added David Michael. We just don't want to embarrass ourselves. No little league? I asked, knowing what the answer would be. Nope, he replied, and the other kids agreed with him. Then Vanna spoke up. Hey, Christy, do you know Bart Taylor? He coaches his own team right in the neighborhood. A whole bunch of kids belong. His name is called Bart's Bashers. Maybe we could join, exclaimed David Michael. I could talk to Bart, I said slowly. Where does he live, Amanda, and who is he anyway? He's this kid. He goes to Smarnia Brook Day School. I think he's in eighth grade, just like you, Christy. Amanda told me where he lives, which isn't too far from my house. Well, I thought I could go talk to him. I wouldn't like it, but I would do it. Why wouldn't I like it? A lot of reasons. For one thing, you can never tell about any eighth grade boys. Half of them are normal. The other half are jerks, and in this hit neighborhood, about 
half of both groups are also snobs. I figured my odds. I had 25% chance of getting a plain jerk, 25% chance of getting a snobby jerk, a 25% chance of getting a plain snob, and a 25% chance of getting a regular, old, nice guy. The odds were not great, but I would risk them. If only my brother and I went to private school like the rest of the kids in this neighborhood, then the kids would have no lore of their snobbishness over us. On the other hand, we might be jerks ourselves then, and besides, I wouldn't be the, in the same school with Claudia, Marianne, Dawn, Jesse, and Mal. Mom and Watson came home at 3.30 that afternoon. At 4 o'clock, I put Sharon, Shannon on her leash and walked over to Bart's house. A very, very, very cute guy was in this tailor's yard, breaking up dead grass and twigs and things. It couldn't be Bart. Most people around here have gardens, gardeners to take care of their lawns. The boy saw me slowly and down looked curiously at him. Can I help you? He called. I am looking for Bart Taylor, I said. Well, you found him, Bart grinned. I grinned back. So far, so good. Maybe Bart was from that normal, non-jerky 25%. Bart dropped his rake and crossed the yard to the sidewalk. That's a great looking dog, he said as Shannon put her front paws on his knees and wagged her tail joyfully. She's a Bernice Mountain Dog, I told Bart. Oh, my name's Christy Thomas. I came by, I came to ask you something. Why did I feel so nervous? I talked to boys before. I went to dances with boys. I've been to parties with boys, but none of them have looked at me the way Bart was looking at me just then. As if standing on the sidewalk with a glamorous movie star and the head of the glamorous movie star instead of a plain old me, Christy Thomas. And to be honest, none of them had been as quite as cute as Bart. They didn't have his crooked smile or his deep, deep brown eyes or his even straight perfect nose or his hair that looked like it might have styled one of those hair places for guys or not. I think this is a good sign if you can't tell. Yes, said Bart, and I realize I've just been staring at him. Oh, oh, I stammered. Um, what I wanted to ask you is, well, I heard about your softball team, and I wondered whether you need any more players. Bart laughed. You're a little old. He replied, oh, it's not me, I replied. It's my younger brother and my little stepbrother and stepsister. And let's see, one, two, three other kids. My stepbrother, Andrew, is only four. I rushed on. I feel I have to tell you that. And none of them are very good. Well, Karen's not a bad hitter, but David Michael's a klutz and Lenny's. Whoa, exclaimed Bart. Hold it. 
You're talking about six kids. I could take one more, maybe two, but not six. I've already got more kids than I need. Bart and I talked a little while longer. I decided two things. Since Bart couldn't, since Bart couldn't handle any more kids, I would start my own team. I would take on any kid who really wanted to play on the team, no matter how young or klutzy or uncoordinated or she or he or she was. I could call the other girls in the club and tell them to keep their ears open for who'd want to join. Maybe Jamie Newton or some of the Pikes or the Barretts would be interested. I could talk to Watson about the team. Watson loves baseball. In all honesty, he's not the most athletic person I can think of, but he's just a huge baseball fan, and he's good at organizing and running things even better than I am, and I don't mind admitting it. If I wanted to start a softball team, Watson was the person to go to. The other thing I decided was that I had it. Are you ready for this? A uh, uh, gigantic crush on Bart Taylor.